and girls slipping out of Children's Church can head that way. If you have your copy of God's Word, please, you can turn again to James, the book of James. We're picking up our series we're calling Practical Christian Living uh, here in the book of James. We find ourselves now in the third chapter, so if you'll find, please, James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I read this past week about a woman who had a very serious throat condition. And the doctor told her that her vocal cords needed total rest. And so she was forbidden to talk at all for six months. Now, can you imagine not being allowed to speak at all for six months? Not allowed to talk. And to make matters worse, this woman was married with a husband and they had six kids. And she was not allowed to talk for six months. And not talking seemed impossible, but she decided she was going to do what she was told. And so when she needed the kids, she blew a whistle. So she blew a whistle for the kids. And whenever she needed to communicate, she would write things on a pad of paper. Well, after six months, this went on and her voice returned and she was able to speak again. And someone asked her what it was like to communicate only in writing. And I want you to hear what this lady said. Remember, she is a lady who is married with six children, could not talk for six months, only able to write things on pads of paper. And here's what she said, and I quote, You'd be surprised how many notes I crumpled up and threw in the trash before I gave them to anyone. Seeing my words before anyone heard them had an effect that I don't think I can ever forget. End quote. I think it would be good for all of us to do that, don't you? To, be, to have to write out our words and consider them and weigh them out before we unload them on somebody else. Our words are powerful. Our words have impact. Our words can build up someone or they can tear them down. They can bless or they can be bitter. Someone that I read this past week said, contrary to popular opinion, the most powerful weapon in the world is not the atomic bomb, nor is it some laser aimed from outer space. Indeed, it is not even a weapon made by man. Concealed as a sniper... Quick as a bullet and as deadly as a gun, it is the three-inch animal that lives in the pool of saliva behind an ivory cage of teeth known as the tongue. There is incredibly awesome power in the tongue. And I want to talk to all of us today about the power of the tongue. Now, everybody stick your tongue out at me. Go ahead. Some of you have been wanting to do it for years, so go ahead. I'm giving you permission to stick your tongue out at me. Everybody here is to make sure everybody's got a tongue that's here today. And if you've got a tongue and you have the ability to speak, then you need to pay attention because today's message is for you. In fact, in today's society, when we think about words, it might be better to hold these up or hold these up. Why? Because most of our communication today is what? By typing or by texting or by social media. And so you can hold up your fingers, your digits. You can stick out your tongue and realize that, listen... This message is for everybody today. The power of the tongue, the power of words. Your words matter. And today we come to James chapter 3, and it's probably one of the better known passages in the book of James. 
And I want to show you that true faith in Christ, if you're truly a follower of Christ, it's going to impact the way that you talk. And we talked about our walk this morning if you were in Sunday school, but today we're going to talk about our talk, all right? So James chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 and talk about the power of the tongue. James chapter 3, begin reading at verse 1. My brethren, talking to believers here, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. James begins here in verse number 1 by giving a caution to those who wanted to be teachers. The idea is being teachers within the church. And he reminds teachers and preachers and those who stand and proclaim the truth of the Word of God that we're going to receive a stricter judgment. Uh, this is addressed to those who have an official teaching or preaching position. We have to give an account for the words that we speak and for our teaching and our preaching. It's an awesome thing to think that I'm going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ and give an account of what I taught and what I preached throughout the ministry that God has given to me and how I pastored this place. And so this is not meant to discourage someone who's called to teach or to preach. Maybe you're a Sunday school teacher here today. But it just reminds us it's a serious business. And we dare not enter into it flippingly. We dare not enter into it giving our opinions or our ideas. We're to preach and teach the Word of God without apology, without stammer and stutter. We're to proclaim the Word of God. And then in verse 2, he goes on to say, For we all stumble in many things. Now, I want to be honest with you this morning. My mind is weird. You know me. You probably already know that. And I have weird things that come up. And I thought, that would be a life verse we could really get a hold of, isn't it? Somebody asks you, what's your life verse? Well, my life verse is, uh, for we all stumble in many things. Uh, but in reality, we do. We all stumble in many things. But it goes on to talk about stumbling in regards to our speech. Look at the rest of verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, what's it say? He or she is what? They're perfect. Perfect. 
able also to bridle the whole body. And let me just ask you a question. Is there anyone here this morning with the ability to speak? I know maybe we have some infants here. But anyone with the ability to speak who would lift a hand in this place and by lifting a hand say this as a testimony. I have never in all of my life ever sinned with my mouth, with my words, or my speech. I have never sinned. Would anybody dare to lift a hand this morning and say that publicly in this place? Because if you can, I'm going to sit down and you can come teach, all right? I think if we're all on, anybody want to put their hand up and say that? No, we've all stumbled in this area, haven't we? Maybe not even intentionally. Maybe we accidentally did, if you will. Or we just, we just got called up or whatever. But the idea is this is something we all struggle with. We all have issues when it comes to our mouths, when it comes to what we say. So we've all stumbled here. We've all admitted that. I didn't put my hand up either. So we all need to pay attention. I want to talk to you about the power of the tongue. The tongue is such a little thing, really. Uh, I guess for all intents and purposes, I'd say it's not the best looking thing, right? I mean, it's kind of ugly. Uh, we don't uh, maybe look at the tongue very much. Uh, I think about the tongue. I go to the dentist uh, at least twice a year and they, they want you to stick out your tongue and they examine it and maybe you go to the doctor and they say, let us stick out your tongue or whatever. But most of us, we just kind of keep our tongue in our mouth, I hope. And it's a little thing, but it is powerful. Powerful. He likens it to a bit put in a horse's mouth. Think about the strength of a horse and the power of a horse. And you get up on that horse and you have the reins and there's that bit in its mouth. And with that rein and bit, you're able to direct that horse and all that power. He likens the tongue to a rudder on a ship. And you think about how mammoth these ships are today. And I see articles about these new cruise ships and how big they are, but you look at what steers them. It's such a small part of the ship. He likens it to a spark of fire. Think about a, a dry forest and, and, and maybe you have a match there or a campfire or maybe just a cigarette or something and it's thrown in the midst of a dry forest. And what can happen is from that little spark can become a huge blaze that causes destruction and millions upon millions of dollars of damage. You know, our words may not seem like much and they are so easy to get out, but they are powerful. And we need to realize that our words can do a heap of damage and they can harm in tremendous ways. The picture is so vivid here. Look at verse 6. It's not a pretty picture. Verse 6 says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell. Think about that. And the problem is we can't tame it. The Bible says in verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and have been tamed by mankind. All kinds of animals have been tamed. Uh, if not in person, you've seen on TV those lunatics that get in a cage full of lions and they've got a whip and a chair and they're sitting there like that and they've tamed these animals. And The issue is we have something we can't tame. We have a tongue that we can't tame. Verse 8 says, but no man can tame the tongue. Can't tame it. And it's a, it's a scary thing. It says in verse 8, it's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. It's an ugly picture. When I read that, I think about a venomous snake. And our tongue is like that. It's like a venomous snake that can strike. I read a story about a lady who went to the doctor and the doctor came into the room. And the doctor said, I've got some bad news. And nobody wants to hear that. Do you? When you go to the doctor, the doctor comes back in and says, I've got some bad news. 
He says, I'm sorry, you've got rabies. You've got rabies. The lady takes out a pad of paper and she starts writing. The doctor says, what are you doing? Writing out your last will, your last will and testament? She said, no, I'm making a list of all the people I'm going to bite. (laughs) And we like to make those lists too, don't we? All the people we're going to bite and use our venom and our poison and our tongue to attack. We, we talk like this. I just want to give them a piece of my mind. You can't afford it, beloved. Don't do it. We can't afford to give away a piece of our mind. Verse 9 says that with our tongue, we curse men. Verse 10 says that cursing comes out of our mouths. It's an evil picture. But it does not have to remain that way. We can use our tongue for awful purposes. We can also use our tongue for godly purposes. We can't tame our tongue. No man can. But God can. God can. Once there was a lady, she was the most notorious gossip in the church. Can you imagine that going on in the church, gossip? But one day, she came down the aisle on a Sunday morning. She took her minister by the hand. She said, I'm really burdened. The Lord has convicted me of my gossip and I want to change. And the minister looked at her and he knew who she was, knew what she'd been doing. And he said, well, what do you intend to do about it? She said, I want to lay my tongue on the altar. I want to lay my tongue on the altar. And the minister said, honey, I don't think we've got an altar that big. There's no altar big enough. And maybe he should have bit his tongue too. The minister struggled in this as well. But can I tell you, beloved, there is an altar big enough. There is an altar big enough. You can find forgiveness and freedom today. See, if you're in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, old things have become new. We don't have to talk the way we've always talked. Faith in Christ impacts the way we talk. The things that we say, our speech. Now, if you're not in Christ today, then I can't give you much help. You're on your own. You've got your own resources, your own devices, and you're going to fail miserably because you need the power of Christ in your life to deal with this. And the only way to get the power of Christ is to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, to realize the Bible that says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But Jesus Christ loved us so much. God loved us in sending Christ. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, lived a sinless, perfect life, and died on the cross and shed His precious blood. He was buried, and the third day He rose again. The Bible says if we'll turn from our sin and place our faith in Christ to forgive us of our sin, make us a child of God, give us a home in heaven, and change us forever as He has His Holy Spirit indwell us and mold us and change us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never received Christ, I invite you today to turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. If you have received Christ, if you were here for Sunday school, I said the other week, I love how God orchestrates things. And He's just been building lately, just reinforcing truths. And Sunday school is all about what? The Holy Spirit working in our lives to change us. Not us changing ourselves, but the Holy Spirit working in us, we cooperating with Him, changing us. Not walking in the works of the flesh, but now in the fruit of the Spirit. And so we understand that we can't tame our tongue, but God can. And the fact that we're in Christ is going to change the way we talk. Now, we won't be perfect. We're going to slip up, but God will help us. But as Christians, our desires are different. We don't want to use our tongues to sin anymore. 
We want to use our sin, our, use our tongues for that which brings glory to God. So I want to not only talk about the power of the tongue, I want to talk to you about the purpose of the tongue. In other words, why did God give us tongues to start with? In other words, why did God give us the ability to speak? The ability to speak. God could have done whatever He wanted to do. But He created us the way He created us, and He gave us the ability to communicate, to speak. God has spoken to us, praise be to His name. We can speak to God. And so I want to give you some suggestions about why God gave us the ability to speak. The purpose of the tongue. And first of all, beloved, we're to use our tongues to bless God. We're to use our tongues to bless God. James 3.9 says this. You just read it with me. With it we bless our God and Father. Talking about the tongue. With it we bless our God and Father. We use our tongues to praise God. We use our tongues to exalt Him, to worship Him. We've been doing that already in the service today. Have you noticed that? We used our tongues to do what? To sing praises to God. Hopefully we used our tongues to greet someone else, to be hospitable, to to welcome someone else, to encourage someone else, to speak to someone in a kind way, to lift them up. We've used our tongues in, in prayer this morning. I'm using my tongue to preach this morning. We've been doing that over and over again. And God gave us our speech. God gave us our ability to speak as a gift to be used to bring honor and glory to Him, to bless Him. But God not only wants us to bless Him, we're also to use our tongues to bless others. Now, how do we do that? Well, I don't have enough time and you don't have enough time to give all the ways we could do that today. Uh, We could talk about telling them about Jesus, telling them of the Gospel, praying for them. But I want you to understand that our tongues are to be used not just in witnessing for Christ, although we are to use them for that, We can bless people with our tongues in the most basic and easiest ways imaginable. Yes, tell them of Jesus. Yes, share the gospel. Yes, pray. But listen, sometimes you only have a second or two with somebody. You ever notice that? I mean, you're just in passing with them. They might be coming behind you uh, in the door. They might be in front of you, holding the door for you. They might be slamming the door in front of you. Whatever. But you just have a second or two sometimes. We can bless others with our tongue in that way. You say, how? How about saying please? How about saying thank you? How about encouraging someone that they've done a good job? How about encouraging someone when they're having a bad day and sometimes you can just tell that someone's having a bad day? How about helping someone with your words or in, in offering direction or encouragement? Showing kindness with your speech. I prepared this message before I studied Sunday school. And I I love how God orchestrated, as I said before, you say, well, where's it all in the Bible? Where's this whole idea about being nice with our speech? I mean, I understand about telling them they're going to go to hell if they don't get saved. I understand that part. What about this niceness stuff and saying please and being kind and thank you? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that come from? Well, beloved, it comes from the fruit of the Spirit. We studied about it this morning. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Listen, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. How about this one in our society? Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so as a believer, as a child of God, I've been changed. I've been born again. I'm a child of God. And my talk, Ought to show that. 
The way I respond to other people who are all made in the image of God. By the way, there should be kindness. There should be this blessing other people with our speech. Folks, we may never speak to again. We may never get the opportunity to speak to them again. To bless them. So we use our tongues to bless God. We use our tongues to bless others. And oh, how we need that today. Because our world is filled not with blessing, but with blasphemy. Not with faithfulness, but with filth. And I don't know about you, but I can't walk anywhere today, it seems like, where I don't hear people using their tongues in ways that are so, so dishonorable. And we need to be different. We need to encourage others to be different. We use it to bless God, bless others. Let me just throw this in quick. I'm not going to develop it. But let me just say with this, we can use it, beloved, to uh, bless ourselves. To bless ourselves. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, I mean this. You can speak truth to yourself. You ever talk to yourself? You can be honest about it. More than likely, you talk to yourself or anybody else talks to you. And you better be careful what you say to yourself. And by the way, that's biblical. We sang it this morning, didn't we? Just like the Psalms. What did we just sing a moment ago? Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to my soul. Bless the Lord. The psalmist talks like that. Preach to yourself. Speak to yourself. Talk to yourself about the Gospel. Sometimes, by the way, you've got to talk to yourself and straighten yourself out. And you know what? In today's world, you can get away with that a lot easier. Has this ever happened to you? You're walking along in a store and somebody's coming along towards you and you're walking along and they say, Hey, how are you? And you're like, hey, how are you? And you realize they're not talking, they're talking in their phone, they got an earpiece in. And there you are, you're like, hey, how are you? And then you realize, well, I'm a big dummy, they're not talking to me. And you're kind of like, what do I do now? And you're like, you know, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll start saying, yeah, it's good to talk to you too. Yeah, uh-huh. But you can get away with talking to yourself easy now, right? Because they've got earpieces in, they've got Bluetooth devices. You can talk to yourself. Uh, in the car I've got, I can talk just in, in the air. I just talk and they, they, they can hear me through the whole thing. And by the way, you need to talk to yourself. Just talk to the Lord, talk to others, talk to yourself and share the truth. Sometimes you've got to straighten yourself out. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself the truth. Sometimes you have to preach to yourself. Sometimes, what does the Bible say? David encouraged himself in the Lord. And so we can use our tongue to bless God, bless others, bless ourselves. Well, how does all this work out practically speaking? We can't tame our tongue, but God can. So how do we go about getting this help and getting this point where God is helping us with our speech? Well, let me give you four words I want you to think about this morning. The very first word is the word repent. Repent. Repentance is a change of mind which leads to a change of direction, a change of behavior. It's the idea of going one way, you turn around and go back the other way. It's agreeing with God. It's repenting. And it may be that you're here today and God has spoken to your heart and you realize that when it comes to your speech and your speaking, it's not what it ought to be. And maybe you've been using your mouth and maybe you have been specializing in this. And so what needs to happen is there needs to be repentance where you come to God and ask for forgiveness. The second thing is the word surrender. Surrender. We need to give our speech to the Lord. 
What I mean is we need to surrender our tongues and say, Lord, I need your help in this area. I need your help to speak things that would be pleasing to you. And it may be if this is especially a besetting sin to you, you might need to do that, do that daily or hourly for a while. Maybe in the morning as you wake up, just give your speech to the Lord and, and say, Lord, put a guard upon my mouth and help me to be careful of my speech. Thirdly, here's an important word that's just a good word for everybody. We need to think. <laughs> think before you speak. You know, if we would pause a second or two and really weigh out what we're about to say, imagine how much grief and heartache and sorrow and hurt would not come to pass if we just paused long enough to really think before we speak. And while you're pausing and thinking, you can even offer what I like to call a mental prayer or a thought prayer to God. Because yes, there are times you have to talk about things that can be potentially harmful or can be misunderstood or misconstrued. And, and sometimes we have to deal with things and we have to have difficult conversations. But even in those times, we are very careful in making sure that our speech is seasoned and grace-filled and gracious. And so we need to think about things and think about what we're going to be saying and here's an important one too. You might not think this fits, but the fourth word is forgive. Some in this room are hanging on to things that somebody said to you, may have been last week, may have been 20 years ago or longer. And they wounded you with words. And they wounded you with speech. That old saying we used to say on the playground is garbage. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Listen, you can usually recover from sticks and stones, but those words hurt. And those wounds go deep. And there may be some this morning in this sanctuary, you have been crippled by things people have said to you. It may have even held you back from living the life that God intends for you to live. They may have told you you're no good or you'll never amount to anything or you're dumb or you're ugly or whatever it may be. They wounded you with words and you have never gotten over that and you've been holding on to those and you've allowed them to sit there and fester and sit there and wound you and be an infection in your life that hinders you from going on with God and what He wants you to do. I want to encourage you today, if that's you, to forgive. To let go of that. To give those hurts and those, those wounds to the Lord and, and move on today from this place with freedom and joy. Speaking truth to yourself. That if you know Christ, you're a child of God. You're an heir and joint heir of Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation. And you're a heavenly citizen. And you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I think if there are some today that maybe it's not what you have been saying, but it's what's been said to you. And it's hindered you. And today, you need to forgive and move on in your life with Christ. I want you to bow in prayer with me. Nobody looking around. Every eye closed. Every head bowed.
And today I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. If you'd like to, you certainly may. But I'm going to ask you to deal with the Lord right there where you are in your pew. And I want to walk through these four things with you as you're there. First of all, do you need to repent? Is there something that's not right in your life, especially in regards to your speech? Take a moment right now and just ask the Lord's forgiveness and ask the Lord's help in that. While you're doing that, would you go ahead and surrender to the Lord and give Him your speech, give Him your mouth, give Him your tongue and ask Him to help you to use it for His glory, to guard your words. And would you ask Him to help you to think before you speak, to just pause and consider and pray even if you need to before speaking. And then I really want to speak to somebody here today. You need to forgive. You need to let go of some hurtful words. You need to move on in your freedom in Christ. That person may not even be alive anymore. You may not be able to talk to them. But you, need, you can forgive them right now. God will help you to do that. And just go ahead and ask Him to help you to forgive that person, to let go of that, and to free you from those wounds and those scars that you can receive truth and really walk in the newness of Christ. Would you do that right now? Would you let go of those words, those wounds, those scars, and just say, Father, I forgive them. I forgive them in Jesus' name. Take away the wound. Take away the scars. Help me to walk in newness of Christ. Now, we've been talking to believers primarily today. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. God the Holy Spirit burdening your heart at this moment. You realize you're a sinner. You realize that you can't save yourself. You believe that Jesus is God and He died for you. He took your sin on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. He lives. And if you'll ask Him today, He'll save you. You could pray a simple prayer like this right where you are. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I don't want my sin anymore. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Please come into my life. I give you my life. I want to live my life for you. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for saving me. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, God wants you not to walk out ashamed of Him. He wants you to live for Him. If you truly meant business with God, He does business with you. If you truly prayed that prayer today and you meant it, the Bible says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I wonder why nobody's looking around today and every eye is closed. 
I just want to rejoice with you and I want to help you. I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to drag you down here. But I want to encourage and help you. I'd like to talk with you after the service, just you and me. I want to give you some literature to help you to grow. I want to talk to you about the next steps in your Christian life. And I'm going to encourage you to come seek me out after the service, okay? But how many would say today, Preacher, I prayed a prayer and I invited Jesus Christ into my life today. And I want you to rejoice with me. And, and by lifting a hand, I want to talk with you more about the next steps in my Christian journey. How many would slip a hand up today and say, I prayed that prayer? Anybody? All right. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to seek me out after the service today. And I'll be back greeting some folks. But after that, I want to talk with you. And I want to give you some literature. I want to help you to grow. And I want to talk to you about the next steps in your journey for Christ. And while everybody's still bowed in prayer, every eye closed, I'm still concerned about some today. And you're really, really struggling with forgiveness over something someone said to you or done to you. Again, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come get you. I would do nothing to embarrass you. I'd like to pray for you specifically, though, not by name, but to remember you in prayer as I close today. Anybody say, Preacher, I'm really struggling. I, I, I'm really struggling. Would you pray with me as you close the service? Again, I'm not going to call out your name or embarrass you or come get you or anything. I'm just going to remember you as I pray. Say, Preacher, I'm really struggling with something someone said to me, and I want your help. All right, I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Okay. Father, thank you for your spirits working in our midst. Thank you for those today who prayed to receive Christ. Give them courage, Lord, to share that and to make that public and make that known. Help them, Lord, to come seek me out so I can rejoice with them and help them in their journey towards uh, Christian maturity. So, Lord, we just rejoice in what you're doing in our midst. Now, Father, I pray for these lifted hand. Lord, you know exactly who they are. They're really struggling with some things that have been said to them. Bring them, Lord, to where they can let that go. Let that go. Forgive and move on in their life in the newness of Christ. Lord, help us today. We all need your help. I need your help. Help us to speak words that build up and bless. Guard our tongues. Guard our speech. Guard our words, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you would like to come forward, the altar is always open today, and I'll be down front if you would like to come forward. But praise be to God for His working. And again, let me encourage you to seek me out afterwards. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you. I thought an appropriate closing hymn would be 216. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. And so the altar is open. If you do need prayer today, we'd invite you to come. Uh, but again, I want to encourage those who need to to reach out to me after the service. 216, I'll be down front. Let's stand and sing, Oh, for a thousand tongues.